0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toyson Ford. Dan Casper here, as always. Brandon Berg's gonna join me for some picks when we make some college football picks and NFL picks for this weekend. But we're gonna lead off the podcast previewing Packers versus the Denver Broncos. A lot of chitter chat. About is this the perfect, perfect might be a little too strong, but is this the right game for the Packers offense to get back on track? Is it the right game? When uh, you look at the Broncos defensively and statistically, they're not good. Statistically, they are not good. Um, Bottom of the league in points allowed per game. Bottom of the league, 33.3 points per game. Rushing, bottom of the league. Last, 172.3 yards per game. They're giving up on the ground. 172.3. Passing. Not bottom, but they're the third worst, third worst team in the league in pass defense. Given up two hundred and sixty-eight yards through the air. Defense is not good so far. Now, not to you know, kind of make excuses for for Denver's defense and, and such. You know, it's a few you know, what six games into to their season. When you have a 70-point performance, when you allow 70 points in in one game, those averages are probably a little high. But when you look at it game by game situation, they opened up the season giving up 17 to the Raiders, but then they gave up 35 to the Commanders. That's 70 to the Dolphins, 31 to to the Bears, 31 to the Jets. A little bit of a better performance. And in their prior game, giving up 19, or I should say, allowing 19 to the Chiefs. So is that a little bit of a confidence boost for for this Broncos team? You know, yes, it's it's the whole moral victory thing. But is there a little bit of a moral victory? You know, that they lost 19-8 on a short week against the Chiefs. Maybe you know if you if you're a believer in that stuff. But numbers don't lie and stats don't lie right now. Their defense is not good. And that's why a lot of people are kind of wondering, is this the the right game for uh, this Packers offense to maybe kickstart, bounce back, get things going here when you look at stuff like that, especially when it comes to the run game. Dead last, allowing a little ton of yards. I mean, when you look at this this rushing yards per game, the next closest team is almost 30 yards fewer. The Giants are the second-to-worst team in the league, and they're giving up 147.5 yards on the ground. Denver is dead last, 172.3. Green Bay, not one of the best ones either. They're in that bottom group there. Uh, they're 32, 31, 30, 29, 28th in the league on the ground. 143.4 they're giving up on the ground. Which, kind of ironically here too, a little bit, for all the talk about the Jets defense, the Jets are just two spots above Green Bay. Their Jets are giving up 135 on the ground. But, anyways. But this is why a lot of people are asking the question, is this the right team for, for, for the Packers to go up against? Because of what Denver has not been able to do on on defense and that's why you're hearing a lot of people saying too that Aaron Jones you need Aaron Jones back for this game you know you're going up against a team that can't stop the run so let's get let's get Aaron Jones back for this game and let's get Aaron Jones you know let's feed him all day every day take advantage of this poor run defense for the Denver Broncos. I agree. I would agree. I, want, I mean, Aaron Jones is a key to this game, getting Aaron Jones out there. Is he 100%? Can he go, or do you have to put him on on a pitch count? Do you have to put him on a snap count? Whatever we're going to call it these days. Because if you have to limit him, well, then his limited snaps, you've got to make the most out of them. For what it's worth, he looked good at practice. They still listed him as limited, but he was dancing. He was making some good cuts from uh, some of the videos that uh, that some of the reporters put out there. But, you know, we're just kind of watching it with our eyes on a Twitter video and such. But if he's cleared and he can go full on out, no snap counts, no restrictions, it's a completely different offense. You get your best offensive player back now use him utilize him and i know there's probably going to be like some thoughts from from the team like oh you know do we want to do we want to like unleash him fully are they going to be a little apprehensive and just kind of work his way back in since last time you know we saw him yes against detroit there for a little bit but i wouldn't be surprised if if green bay kind of maybe doesn't fully unleash him because they may be a little nervous and just want to make sure that that hamstring's ready to go and that he responds well. But if Aaron Jones is on that field, he is definitely a key. No doubt about it. And and the rest of the running back, A.J. Dillon. Uh, if James Robinson is activated or if he's you know promoted from the practice squad and he's a game-day activation, whoever the heck is running the football, you got to have success running the football against this defense and that goes to the packers offensive line too to improve their, their run blocking up front to get the job done up there creating those holes tight ends too tight ends uh, block wide receivers whoever the heck is blocking in a running game i don't care if you're a running, i don't care if you're a wide receiver or a tight end or an offensive lineman do your job and do it well got to get that run game going and you look at the, the passing numbers, which, when you look at Denver, when you see them towards the bottom defensively and in, in pass defense, you're like, really? Because they do have one of the best corners in the game and Patrick Sertain. Kareem Jackson's over there, too. Kareem's got a couple of picks so far this year. But I think that kind of surprises some people. When you look at those rankings, like dang, Pat Sertain, and they got one of the worst pass, uh, one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Why is that? What, What are they doing? What what what's going on there? A little bit, right? Well, right now Denver's you know got. They've moved on from some of their pass rushers. Frank Clark's not there. Randy Gregory. Not there. They're moving on. They're kind of cutting some ties, cutting some salary, shedding some of that stuff. And, uh, you know, when you look at it, Nick uh, Benito is their leader in sacks, five and a half. Jonathan Cooper, their other linebacker, four. They haven't been getting a lot of other production from other spots out there. So, you know, Frank Clark wasn't getting any. Sacks and such. Randy Gregory, when he was there, had a sack. But teams have been able to fly through the air. And again, numbers might be a little inflated at this point in time with just six games in when you factor in that Miami game. Might be a little inflated there, but this is a game, too, where we talked a little bit about it yesterday. All the talk about you know Jordan Love with his comments about what their you know? What was their approach in the, during the bye week? Self scouting. John Runyon Jr. saying, you know, we're gonna have some shades of of Miami moving forward in that. All right. Well, you put that out there. Let's let's see it now. Whatever the case be, I just want Green Bay from from a pass from their for, for their passing offense to. You know what? I get it. You have to keep defenses honest. You you have to throw deep, especially when you got Watson, you have to keep defenses honest. But at the same time, I don't think you have to force it. I just want to see them come up with a better scheme to get their playmakers in open space, getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Get Throw a, a crossing route, an eight-yard crossing route to, to Christian Watson and let him run a slant with him and let him utilize his speed. Kind of like I'll go to last year, let's say. I know it's one play, but the example is when, when Jordan Love was play got in against the Eagles, his touchdown pass to Christian Watson. Crossing route, Christian Watson outran everybody for that touchdown. Getting the ball in your playmaker's hands and letting them Get some yak yards after a catch. Musgrave, too. Big tight end. Yes, you're trying to stretch the field with him. Big tight end speed. But you know what? Maybe right now, just get the ball in his hands on a simple in route, out route, and let him go a little rumble tumble. Same with Aaron Jones if he's out there. Getting the ball in his hands. Playmakers. Let 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 him do some work out on the field. Start to build some confidence with that passing game. Packers defensively, all right? So when we look at Denver's offense, how's, how's Denver's offense doing with, with Russell Wilson over there, Sean Payton, you know, this offensive genius for all the years with, uh, with New Orleans and, and, and Drew Brees and such. How's their offense been doing this year? Meh, yeah. That that might be the best way to to put it. And and again, I'll, I'll say this too. Our numbers inflated a little bit with with Denver's offense because they've had to play come from behind a little bit. You'd think, right? You'd think, but there's there's one number here that may not tell or may kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse of everything. Denver's offense right now total total yards per game. They're in the bottom third, high to the bottom third. They're, they're not quite halfway, but uh, they're 306, a little over 306 yards per game. Okay, that, that is better than Green Bay. Green Bay is uh, bottom five, 281.6 yards per game for, for comparison sakes. So offensively, Denver, total yards per game, a little bit better. Rushing yards per game. Denver, a little bit better. Than Green Bay, Denver's close to to being middle of the pack. They're 106 yards per game rushing, but the passing. This is this is the number. If you want to look at passing yards per game, you, you kind of think okay, Denver being down a lot of those times, especially in that Miami game, right? Throwing a lot, their their numbers got to be up there. Their passing numbers, their passing yards got to be up there. Russell Wilson, you know, Sutton, Jerry Judy. Those guys, Marvin Mims, Denver and Green Bay, right next to each other in terms of passing yards per game. Denver is averaging 200 yards passing per game, 200.3 to be exact, and then Green Bay 200 on the dot. So very similar. Points per game, offensively, similar. Green Bay, 22.6, 22.6, Denver 21.5. 21 and a half. So those are just kind of the the numbers, the rankings. When you look at both of them, you know, back to, to Denver's offense when you look at it, Russell Wilson, a lot of talk about Russell Wilson this year. Numbers wise, 65.9% completion percentage. He's thrown for 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's got a rating of a ninety-nine over thirteen hundred yards passing. I mean, are they awful numbers when you look at that, you know, touchdown to to interception ratio? They're not awful. Uh, I mean, ask a, you know, ask Packer fans right now. Would you take a twelve to four touchdown interception ratio? Yeah, probably. Jordan Love right now is eight and six, eight touchdowns, six interceptions. But they're kind of similar to a lot of other areas on this team in terms of rushing yards and, and, and receiving. You know, Cortland Sutton's their leading receiver, 275 yards. Marvin Mims, 246. Jerry Judy, uh, 222. Running-wise, Jaleel and Javante, both at a buck 90. Fantasy owners are probably maybe a little frustrated that Javante's only got 190 yards. Rushing and no touchdown, rushing touchdowns right now. So when you kind of look at it, rushing and 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 uh, and passing wise, you got some similarities there in terms of, in terms of some numbers. So for for me, some keys to victory, or some and some key matchups. I kind of highlighted, you know, touched on them a little bit there, but. One, you got to establish a run. I don't care who is running the dang football, whether it's Aaron Jones 100% or he's on a snap count and you got to throw in a little bit of a mixture of James Robinson if he's activated, A.J. Dillon, that sort of thing. You have got to have success running the football. You have to. Have success running the football. Make Denver's defense, who struggles to stop the run so far this year, Focus on that. Put extra resources into stopping the run. But also, this passing game has to be crisper. It has to be Jordan's got to be more accurate. The offensive line has to protect him. Overall, we I think we all want to see something different than what we've seen the last couple weeks from this offense. It's It's having more success running the football. It's having more success in the passing game. It's not dropping passes. It's maybe being a little bit more creative to get your playmakers the ball in open space so they could do something with it. I think we're all kind of looking at this game. It's like, okay, what did you spend, Matt Lafleur? That's who I'm talking to, and your offensive staff. What did you do this bye week to help improve your running or your your offense? Let's see it. You're going up against a very bad defense statistically. And the players are saying the right thing. Coaches are saying the right thing. They're not overlooking the defense. You know, I don't know how many, I can't count on one hand how many players this week talked about, yeah, you know, everybody's focused on that Miami game, but Denver's got a better defense than that. It's the right attitude. It's the right mindset to have. Don't overlook anybody. Green Bay can't afford to overlook anybody on the defense with the way their offense has been playing. But I think we're all looking, at least I'm looking at like, okay, what is this wrinkle? What are we going to see different from this offense? What did you notice in your self-scouting during the bye? And what are you going to change? Because the last couple of weeks, especially the first-half offense, right, we want to see this offense start out faster. First-half, first-quarter offense has been stinky. We don't want to see comebacks all the time or, or trying to get back in the game. Let's see this offense start out faster, putting opponents in the hole. Not getting down 17 nothing by half, 18 nothing at the half. Let's start off faster, put some pressure on the opponent right away. And then defensively, continue to stop the run. You did a good job against Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. Give credit to where credit's due. You know they got slashed by Detroit's running game, and that was the talk all week leading up to that Raiders game. Run defense. Joe Barry said Joe Barry said they would get better. They did a better job against the Raiders. They didn't let Josh Jacobs go off. Well, don't let Williams and don't let this running game for, from the Broncos go off either. Continue to stop the run, and that includes. Containing Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson this year so far does have a hundred and fifty yards rushing. He's a mobile quarterback. We've seen it. We've seen it during his Seattle times. He's a little bit older, yes, but he can still pick up some yards, right? So it's that stopping the run, but also when you're when you're getting after the quarterback in a, in a passing situation for Denver, you got to have that. So the pocket collapses. and Don't allow Russell Wilson to step up, gain some yards with his feet. That's why I feel like Quay Walker is a key player in this game too. If he's ready to go, if he's able to go, he is such a key player because of his speed and maybe playing a little quarterback spy in that to keep Russell Wilson in that pocket to not extend drives because what's one of the most annoying things to watch, and it's got to be one of the most annoying things for a defense, is when – You get into a third and long situation, a third and seven, a third and eight. And then all of a sudden, the quarterback picks up the first down because he's able to run for 10 yards. It's one of the most annoying and most frustrating things when you've done some good things on defense and you've forced that offense in a third and eight or long situation and the quarterback picks it up with his feet. That, to me, is why Quay Walker is such a, a key figure in this game, too is to stop that from happening. So put that pressure on Russell. We know he's he you know, he's only got four picks this year, but we've seen it a few times. You put a little pressure on him and you collapse that pocket. You know, collapse that pocket so he can't let's face it he's a little bit of a shorter quarterback too. But when you collapse that pocket and he's got nowhere to run, he's prone to throwing some picks, throwing the ball up there. Making mistakes. Taking some sacks. Collapse the pocket on Russell. Defensive line has to dominate up front. Getting that push up the middle. Jair. I'm a little concerned about Jair. He wasn't on the injury report all week. Yesterday was put on as a limited participant Because of that nagging back injury, whatever's going on with his back. But he was put back on the injured uh, report yesterday. Limited. He still did some stuff, but still has me a little bit concerned. But we potentially could see Eric Stokes back. How much work he'll actually get might sound like, hey, maybe just kind of easing him on in and getting some special teams work and such. But these corners, you know, you got some names on there. You got Jerry Judy. You got a youngster in Marvin Min, Mims. You got Cortland Sutton on there. All three of those receivers at least over 220 yards receiving. Secondary corners. Gonna have to watch out for those dudes. Denver hasn't had a ton of production from their tight ends so far this year. So it's it's the corners, focusing on those wide receivers for Denver. And you know Packers offensively control time of possession, control the clock. You can't have three outs. You got the elevation factor in this thing. Mile High Stadium, you know Denver elevation, whatever. So don't put a lot of pressure on your defense, where you know you're going to have these three and outs, and then you got to throw your defense back out there. They might be gassed quicker than they have been. You got to factor that in with the elevation. So offense, have these sustained drives. Don't go three and out multiple times in a row. Ideally, you'd never go three and out, but don't go through these stretches that we've seen three and out and putting your defense in a bad position. And win on the early downs. First down, second down. Don't have negative yardage to where all of a sudden, you know, first and ten. You have a negative play. Now you're all of a sudden in a second and 15. Whether that's a play that blew up in the backfield or a stupid penalty, you cannot put or start off your drives in with negative plays. Where all of a sudden you're second and 17, and then it's third and 11. Don't put yourself in a bigger hole to begin your drives. Don't. Cut down on that stuff. Stupid penalties. uh, Blown up plays. Got to cut that out because you're putting your offense in a horrible spot to begin with. Quick break and it's time to make some picks after these quick words. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars, they're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of Driving with the best. Uh, ready to do some picks. We I think gotta get so. to uh don't let me forget either cream of the crop. Yeah. We gotta do that this hour. So let's start off with the college football world. Let me bring up uh the, the schedule here because we got some good games coming up here. Let's start with the uh the big one right away. Penn State, number seven at number three, Ohio State. I will take Ohio State because it's in the horseshoe. If it was at Penn State, would you take Penn State? I think I would. That's where I'm at too. Uh, I'm surprised. This one's an eleven o'clock game too. Right away.
1: Big noon, mm-hmm. eleven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I uh, I'm gonna go Ohio State here too. But man, if Penn State wins that, though, they crack the top four, right? Yes, I think they
1: have to. Uh, let's go with I'm gonna Air Force at Navy. You bet. It's the Air Force unbeaten, I believe, now in the top twenty-five. Yep, they're twenty-two. Uh, I will take Air Force Falcons. Uh it's at at Annapolis,
0: but I'm going to go with the Air Force too, uh with this one. Uh let's go Tennessee at Alabama number 17 Tennessee at number 11 Alabama. I feel like Alabama has just been very let's quiet say, this year. Yeah, they they
1: haven't been very remarkable, but I will take Alabama.
0: Yeah, they're coming off of a 24-21 win against Arkansas, 26-20 against Texas A&M. Um maybe a chance to climb up higher in our rankings these next couple weeks, Tennessee and LSU. Uh, but yeah, I'll go I'll go Alabama uh in, in this one as well. Let's go Minnesota at Iowa. Win and over under thirty one total points.
1: I believe this is the is it the Floyd of Rosedale? F- uh yes, Floyd Good. of Rosedale. Yep. Yes. Okay. I will take Iowa and I will take the under. Because I Because I am a glutton for punishment. (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Um, You know what? I'm going to take the gophers, and I'm going to take the under. There we go. Uh, I'll go that route. I'll take the gophers, but I'm going to take the under. Score. I'm going to say 16-10. I knew you were going to say that, so I will go 17-13. <laughs> oh, by the by, what by the hair on your chinny chin chin? Right, because you kind of took mine. I was thinking, 16, well, because I was going to say seventeen
1: two, ten. I'm like, wait, that would mean Iowa would score two touchdowns. So no, I'm going to go for four field goals. Yep. Uh, let's go or three field goals. Right. Whatever it is, math. We math is hard. Three we, field goals. We don't do
0: math here. What math is hard. About. Let's go with. Uh, I ain't doing. Uh, let's go with sixteen Duke at Ford, Florida State number four.
1: Ah, Florida State. I think they're kind of a bit of the kind of I don't say overlooked, but just kind of unheralded group, unheralded team of that you know all of, all the elite teams in the country right now. They're just kind of mm-hmm. going about doing their business. Jordan Travis, really good quarterback. I will take the Seminoles. Utah, USC. I'll take Florida State too. Utah at USC. Do we know yet if Cam Rising is playing? Ah, uh, let me see if I can uh, let you know. Because it's been pretty quiet on that front, but and you said it's at. At USC, yes. I think USC bounces back. I, I'm i very leery about their defense, but I'm not sure Caleb Williams plays two bad games in a row, mm-hmm. so I will take USC.
0: Doesn't look like him.
1: Okay, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I will take USC.
0: Uh, I'm going to go USC as well, although I do know you really like Utah. I do. You do. I do. Uh, let's go with. Let's just go to, into Wisconsin, Illinois. Let me bring up because what's do you know the over under off top? Oh, no, I, I don't. Got, I got it right here. Uh, over under for this game is forty one. Wisconsin has the two and a half point favorite.
1: I will take Wisconsin in this one. I will take them by like a field goal. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a twenty three twenty.
0: So they're over.
1: So over, not yep. much, not but much. I, I think they find a way. You know Illinois has been a bit up and down coming off' really good to win over Maryland though I mean Maryland's a good team, mm-hmm. but I'll say Wisconsin finds a way it's not pretty, but they do just enough to beat a decent team. I will go
0: 20 to 17 under 41 Wisconsin. I'll go 2017 Wisconsin so uh let's move to the NFL world for, for some picks here. Uh, so we've got uh, obviously last night's game. Jacksonville taking care shouldn't say take care because they let the Saints come back and almost tied it up at the end. If Morneau doesn't Roof. drop that R- in, yeah. in the tie, in the end zone, but nonetheless, let's let's uh intriguing game here, Brandon. Detroit at Baltimore.
1: I'm gonna take Bal or take Baltimore in this one. It's in you said it's in Baltimore outside. No, no, I just like I think Detroit is good, mm-hmm. but I just think they're you know they're due for a loss here pretty quick, and I think this is it.
0: Detroit's really good. Um, I'm going to go Baltimore in this one though too. Very close game, I think. Uh, I'll give the slight edge to to Baltimore. Raiders and a very annoyed Devonte Adams visiting the uh, Chicago Bears
1: with a backup quarterback. Hopefully, offensive genius Josh McDaniels gets the gets the message. <laughs> I will take the Raiders.
0: I'm going to take the Raiders here as well. Browns in that epic defense going up against Gardner Minshew and the Colts. I will take the Browns. That defense. I wonder is Jim Schwartz going to
1: get head coaching talks? Because okay. he's been he, been.
0: he was a Lions head coach. Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, or if is he does he want to again?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Because he was a defensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Right. He's so got he, a
1: good. He's got a good resume. But is, is he, he one of those guys that's a better coordinator than a head yeah, coach? Yeah. Is he just a guy that you know? Because he's a little older now, so mm-hmm. maybe you know. You know, he may earn that opportunity, but maybe he just says, "You know what? I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing." You know what? I mean, if Cleveland wants to make a change, I would
0: love if he wants to come to Green Bay and be a defensive coordinator next year. Just say, I always appreciate the coordinators that wherever they go, improvement right away. Right? Like Wade Phillips was always that. Yeah. Wherever he went, boom. Vic Fangio was that till this year, and Miami's kind of off to a slow start here. But Buffalo at the hot seat, Bill Belichick's. I'm gonna take the Bills, not the Belichick's, the Buffalo
1: Bills. Does Bill Belichick finish the season as head coach? Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, he if he does get if he does leave, he's not going to get get usurped during the year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Buffalo wins this one too. Washington at a
0: very depleted offensive line group for the New York Giants. Justin Pugh
1: coming off the couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Commanders.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Commanders, too. That defense is going to feast off that offensive line uh, with with the Giants here. So, we've picked every game together.
1: Well, right? Yeah, we're boring. Yeah, At, uh, Atlanta versus Tampa Bay in Tampa. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Um, man, what would Atlanta look like with a good quarterback?
0: Mm-hmm. I like, agree.
1: Des- just, I-, I didn't understand it in the off season when they were just so locked in with Desmond Ritter. Like, because... And at, at the time, there was the talk about you know, when Lamar Jackson was out there. It's Like, right. why not? Mm-hmm. But no, nah, sorry, Desmond Ritter ain't it. Yeah, I'm going Tampa too. Ah, uh, <laughs>
0: defense for for Tampa. They bounced back after losing to the Lions last week, so Tampa's probably going to win that division now. I think.
1: Am I? I mean, it, yeah, that's it's it's there for somebody, and it won't be Carolina. And you know, the yeah. Saints have tripped over themselves, so yep. it will be Tampa.
0: Pittsburgh at the Rams. Something I did not know. Aaron Donald has never beaten his hometown team, Pittsburgh. Hmm.
1: Well, based on my pick, it's not going to happen Sunday. I am thinking that uh, SoFi Stadium is going to be very black and gold. A lot of towels waving. So I I'm going to know- say a borderline home game, Pittsburgh wins.
0: I'm going to throw this out because you've said this before. It's kind of an East
1: Coast team traveling to the West Coast. Yeah. Does that concern you at all? Not words? as much as a West Coast team travel into the East Coast. Okay, to play at noon. Okay. So, nope, I don't think so. Pittsburgh. I'm going Rams. Sean McVay's
0: kid's going to wait to be born after the game. Um, so apparent, I mean, Sean. By the way, way to really put the pressure on your wife on this. I don't know if you heard what he said. No, he says my kid knows not to be born during a game. <laughs> appreciate that, football guy. But right. you just really put yeah, the pressure I've on put your a, wife. Yeah, and, putting your wife in
1: a tough spot you know, because I, I don't know a ton, but I know that usually when the baby's ready to come, the baby's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, so. so it's like you can't just like, shove it back Why in Why can't there? you just say, you know what, if the baby's born during the game, that's because the baby wants to get out because the baby wants to watch some football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so I'll, I'll go Rams on uh, in, in this one.
1: Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, it's KG Cardinals. I'm going to take Seattle with that game being in Seattle, but the clock has started on Kyler Murray. Do you start Kyler Murray when he's ready? I mean, I do, but I also have him stored on one of my fantasy football teams, and I really need him. But um, (laughs) I think it's hard not to with the time of the year it is. It'd be one thing if it was like week 15, and then you can make the case, oh, we don't want to bring him back for two weeks. If you're trying to actively tank. But now at if this you position go like, they
0: might not be in a position to draft a right, quarterback. so right. you know. but
1: if you go like if it's like week eight or week nine and suddenly that window's closing, can you uh, it might just be a tryout period for Kyler Murray, either for another team or am the Cardinals. It I, I, that, might that window opening works out really well. Remember the trade deadline's the thirty first. Now mm-hmm. that's a tough contract to trade. Yeah, it is. But
0: yep. I think you do. Another team, too, is Denver is going to have to figure out what their third. Is. yeah that's bad. It's... Uh, I'm going to Seattle, too. The pesky Seahawks over there. Ah. Let's go uh, Chargers at
1: the Chiefs. I am going to go with the Chefs. Did you see the new commercial? No. They redid the Chefs one. Did they redo the Chefs one? With Andy Reid in it. Nice.
0: Yeah. It was pretty much the same thing. Uh, the nice thing, though, is that Andy Reid is the guy that says Great Googly Mowgli at the end. So not the young kid who was painting on there. So, yeah, they redid it. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one, too. Future Packers defensive coordinator Brandon Staley is going to – he his job might be coming up here, too. And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but that would not surprise me if he's the next defensive coordinator. And I know it's going to piss off Packers fans, too. It really is.
1: Uh, Miami at – Philly, interesting game here. Sunday night game, a good Sunday yep. night game. Even though last Sunday night's game didn't look good on paper, ended up being—I mean, it was close. I don't know if you can it to be good, but yep. this one, I'm going to take Philly because it's at the link. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that defense is—I mean, it's a much better defense at home than on the road. I think it does just enough to hang with, and maybe a late uh, tush push, last uh, brotherly shove. All right, so you're going
0: Eagles, Eagles, now, son, huh? And that defense slowed down the track meet. That is Miami. Mm-hmm. Can they? Can they? Nope, Miami. Okay, I'm going with the Mike McDaniel swag. I love me some Mike McDaniel. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go high-scoring game, though, I, I think, in this one. So I'll, I'll go Miami. Then we got the Monday night game, 49ers. at your Vikings, Brandon. Can your Vikings get their third win of the season, or will San Francisco? Is the worst thing that happened to your team, San Francisco, losing last week?
1: <laughs> I don't know, because I, I mean, I, obviously, I've heard that a fair amount, but I, I have two schools of thought with that. Because yeah, you can say, oh, they're going to come in angry, but it's like even if they win, then you could say the narrative is, oh, well, they they you know they they had the hiccup, but they you know they still won. Kind of a like basically, regardless how that game went, whether they won or lost, you could say, oh, that was a wake up call. Yeah, but I don't I mean I don't think that's going to have too much bearing on my pick anyway. One way or the other, I'm going to take the 49ers. Um, I just think that, especially as tough as they are in the trenches, that's just a t- that's the type of team that has really matched up well against the Vikings over the years. Mm-hmm. The 49ers, the Eagles, yeah. you know those teams that are just you know they're just in the trenches on the offensive and defensive line. They just got dudes like you know it's just it's tough to handle. And even though the Vikings offensive line honestly this year has been as, as good as it's been in a while. Um, I just no Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Like I just, they need a lot to go right. Mm-hmm. They need to. They you need, almost to need a, your
0: defense to ball out and get some. Turnovers. They need. A,
1: they need to be at least plus two in the turnover turnover differential to win that game. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go San Francisco in on this one too. Green
1: Bay at Denver.
0: Then let's ride or go Yeah. <laughs>
1: I Anybody going... who doesn't know Brain and I always love, make fun of the let's ride. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. Especially <laughs> once people started like for, you know, like putting that video of Russell Wilson saying that into like awkward situations. <laughs> like he's on the airplane let's and ride. like they're getting ready to go like and... he's stretching, let's ride. Let's ride.
0: Like his what was the London one? He stretched for like ten hours straight or whatever the story ended yeah. up being.
1: <laughs> Weird dude, man. I'm gonna take green bay though. This okay. is one of those, a bit like the Vegas game, and obviously that didn't go that way. Like, and even this one may be considered must-win, but this is a you-better win because if you go and you lose to this dumpster fire of a Denver team, yeah. you're in serious trouble. Yeah. You know, there's
0: part of me kind of going with that, what you were just talking about with the, the 49ers and Minnesota thing, like could it be like because Denver comes in, it's like are they due for a win sort of thing? Which worries me a little bit, but you're right. I mean, statistically, defensively, Denver stinks. Right. And that's why a lot of people are saying that this is a game where your offense better. Like a feel-good game. Yeah, a I mean feel-good good game. game there. So I'll go Green Bay in this one, but I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a close one.
1: I think it's going to be an ugly game, to be honest. Do you, like, one-sided? or well, No, no, no. I mean, okay. like, just ugly to watch. Yeah. Like, by the Turnovers fourth quarter, the you're like, thing. man, why am I still watching this? But right. I, I do think Green Bay wins. Yeah, I'll go Green Bay, too, on, on this one. I want to ask you this
0: question that we uh, asked on Wednesday. It was about 50-50. I'm asking everybody this. So, because we were talking quite a bit about, you know, Packers offense and, and such like that. But, um, and maybe put it in terms of your team here if you want. It might be. um, But if you could pick just one, if you could pick just one, Would you rather have – first of all, let me ask you this. Who do you think is the best coach in the NFL right now?
1: I would probably say uh, Kyle Shanahan.
0: Kyle Shanahan, okay. Um, So would you rather have Kyle Shanahan or Patrick Mahomes? And, yes, it's a quarterback or head coach. It is, it is.
1: I think I would rather have Kyle Shanahan because I have more faith that a good coach will find a way to use players – than a co than a bad coach finding ways like I I think you tough, to I think it's tough to I think it's tough to ruin Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: I'm assuming you think Patrick. Mahomes, I just assume that you would put him as a yes. I would. Okay. Yep.
1: okay. No. I, I. That's no. You. You frame that the way I would mm-hmm. think of it. Okay. But I think I would lean more towards coach.
0: Okay. It was very fifty fifty. Okay.
1: Honest. I can. I mean, look. I can. I can get it either way. Look, I could probably be an offensive coordinator if I had Patrick Mahomes. I'd be like, you know what, just go do something. Like, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's going to be in the middle of the field. He's going to be really big. You're going to have some fast receivers run down the side. Like, just y- y- that—that's that, what I think kind of frustrates
0: a lot of people, or maybe like Packers fans. Or maybe, I don't know what for you guys too, but like you just mentioned, Travis Kelsey's going to be open. In the middle. Why is he always open in the middle? You know, that's that's like why? Why is he always open? Why can't we do something like that? Yeah, is that an Andy Reid thing? I think probably thing, you know so that's sort sort of stuff there too. You know, to me it's it's very tough. I've gone back and forth on it too, but I also think too for I'm a big believer in the coach and quarterback combo, right? To win multiple,
1: right? Yeah, like for sustained success, it's both. Like Cal mm-hmm. Shanahan's not going to win, you know, f- three Super Bowls in five years, probably with Brock Purdy, right. probably.
0: Unless you're Joe Gibbs,
1: unless you're Joe Gibbs, and we've we've talked at length mm-hmm. about my Affinity. my belief in Joe yeah. Gibbs, and yep. just how good of a of a coach he is. Because you look at the list of coaches that have won
0: multiple Super Bowls, each one of them, I believe I went down that, is or will be in the Hall of Fame. You know Brady Belichick, Lombardi Star, Bill Walsh in Montana, even Terry Bradshaw and, and Chuck Knoll. I but I know there were more defense there, but then you have Joe Gibbs. Well, because the one I—I I mean, otherwise the one I was thinking of was with Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah, that's—I didn't think of that one. That's a good one too. Reed and Mahomes, or, mm-hmm. you know, around there too. So, but yeah, then there's Joe Gibbs. That's <laughs> three different quarterbacks.
1: Ooh, yeah. very, three very different quarterbacks who had different spots in their life. Right. Like, yep.
0: yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Brought to you by our good friends from hy and Toys and Ford. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.